What's going on, guys? Josh here. We're doing something a little bit different with this episode. Uh, it's a chonky, chonky boy. So we have the top 24 running backs in this episode, and we're going to split it into two. So we're going to have two episodes this week. First episode is what you're listening to right now, which is our top 12. And then later this week, we'll do uh, running backs 13 to 24. So a little bit different today. We're just going to go ahead and hop into it and uh, make sure you leave a rating review wherever you're listening to the show. And now, without any further ado, let's hop into the episode with Ben. This is this is a football podcast, man. Meat. Football. Good. Ben, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. We're back in the driver's seat. We're talking fantasy football. We got me. We got Ben. That's all you need. Ben, it feels like it's been a hot minute since we've done an episode. It has been. Well, we were supposed to record uh, Saturday, and we both forgot. We did. <laughs> I was working on something like midnight Saturday night. Like, we were supposed to record today. <laughs> Whoops. We have missed it, and we're coming in. With an incredibly exciting episode, we're talking the top 24 redraft running back rankings. We did receivers last time. We did. It popped off, by the way. It was like our second most listened to episode that we've ever done. That's because everybody everybody likes rankings, which I don't blame them. I listen to other podcasts and YouTubers, and when they drop a ranking video, I watch it. That's... yeah. <laughs> It's always fun to see if you can like confirm your own bias by listening to other yeah, people's it stuff. It is nice. So I, I do love a good ranking thing. And I like also when it's ludicrous, hashtag PFF. I get to make fun of it. <laughs> they they put out a post. I, I don't even remember what it was, but like normally I like send it to somebody with like an LOL. Like I didn't even do it the yeah. last time. Like I just like this is not even worth my time. Yeah, it. Um, Let me see if I can find them. PFF is up there, and I don't mean to throw shade because this is not in a mean spirit. I truly do not care. But you know who else has kind of gotten to the point where they're starting to replace PFF as the hot takey sort of page uh, out there in the stratosphere? Who? Player profiler. Really? They have posted some funny stuff. Like there was one today that was that uh, Dwayne McBride was going to take over the backfield from Alexander Madison. Not that they were going to bring somebody I'm else s- in, but that, that Dwayne McBride was the guy you wanted. It's like okay, there's just I agree to disagree. Keep going. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know about that one. That seems a little bit, a little bit out there, a little bit disingenuous. But anyways, all that aside, we do have a fair bit of news to hop into. Finally. There's a lot. It is about we have, time. We have training camp starting. We have quite a bit to get into, so we're just going to hop right into it. From the top, this makes me so excited. Javante Williams did not start out on the training camp physically unable to perform or the pup list. That's, which, that's crazy to me, honestly. It's honestly insane. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the training camp pup, Generally speaking, what it is, is 
It is a list. It's unlike the regular season pup in that I think if you go on the regular season pup starting week one, you miss automatically six games or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might I be it's, four. It's I think it's four. Okay. Like, might or, be is four. That, or is that IR? Uh, IR I, might be honestly, four. Honestly, I confuse the pup and IR all the time. I can't I remember which you one. You miss at least four games. We'll say that. Yeah. Whereas the training camp pup, you won't, you're not in danger of missing any games and you can come off the pup at any point in training camp. So like, it doesn't mean anything for regular season availability. Therefore teams are generally pretty liberal with putting players on the pup. Like if you have some sort of Nick or bump or something, you go on the pup. You come um, off the next day. like Right. And that happened. We saw that with, um, I think Rashad Bateman went on the pup and then immediately the, the next day came off the pup. So, I think he's back on it now, though. Oh, is he? Yeah, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I mean, it it's it doesn't take much to end up on there and then be pulled off. But with Javante Williams coming off this knee injury, in a you know he doesn't even go on at all, which yeah, means it would the make team sense feels, to like put him on there. Like, why risk yeah. it? I mean, I would have thought he would have started on the pup personally. I was very very surprised to find out he didn't start on the pup, and I feel like that is a really big storyline going into the fantasy season because to me that means the Broncos feel really good about his knee and where it's in its recovery. Yeah, if he's good, that'll be insane if he's good to go week one. Yeah, that is. and crazy. I mean, for point of reference, Brees Hall starts, he was put on the pup, and by all accounts, he had a less severe ACL injury than Javante Williams did. Yeah, and his happened before Javante's, didn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. It was around the same time. There, yeah. I mean, I think Javante's happened a week or two before, but it was like the J.K. Dobbins knee injury. Is much. He tore a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, so anyway, for him not to start on the pup, that is a very big deal. Uh, and further along those lines, we moved Javante up our rankings because of that news. I think that's, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um. I want to have him higher than we do, honestly. I do too, but I I think it's just concern about that knee. Let's put it this way. If if in a fantasy land, he starts out week one and he's 90%, and oh, by like gosh. week three, he's at 100%, where do you have him? He's going to hop like 10 guys on our list. Yeah. I mean, he's fringe top 12, if not firmly inside the top 12 for me, if I know he's healthy in that offense. Yeah. With Sean Payton. So Absolutely. that's that's a big deal. Speaking of the pup, we got J.K. Dobbins is on the pup. Again. This is two years post knee injury for him. The same injury supposedly that Javante Williams has. He's two years removed from that injury and he is still on the pup. Sir, we we we've seen Javante recovered already. Quit being soft. Get out there. <laughs> we need you to get out there with your boys. I um I'm a little concerned by this honestly just because I feel like at this point we should not be dealing with this knee injury any longer. Um I don't know. Yeah, it is. I think I'm, it has been I think a I'm scared off him. It's been a long time. Is it it's because of the knee too? I think so. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. If I am, oops, but yeah, that's. Uh, I'm looking at. I'm just trying to find some news story, and they're saying they're assuming it's with the surgically repaired knee. 
They haven't okay. said a specific reason, but that's what people are speculating. Okay. Which, yeah, I mean, again, if Javante's surgically repaired knee is better in nine months, yours should be after two years. Right. That is uh, that is suspect. And I, I, I was pretty bullish on J.K. Dobbins prior to this coming out. Uh, but again, just he could it come seems, off it tomorrow. I know. He could. I think it's just because teams are like, if something is there, they'll put you on the pup. I was hoping that we would be past this, that we were, okay, he's fine. He's good. We're finally getting a season of J.K. Dobbins, like rookie season. Right. And it seems like he's not quite all the way there yet, which is just a little bit concerning. So I am slightly concerned about J.K. Dobbins right now. Yeah. Don't don't hit the panic button yet. Right. Naheem Hines is out for the year. He tore his knee up in a ski mobile accident. Jet ski accident. Jet ski accident. Must that be is nice to have really a jet unfortunate. Ski. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I mean, you're not wrong. It would be nice to have a sea-doo right about now. Yeah, it'd be great. Go out on the lake. It is hot as balls outside. I would love to be on the lake. It's uncomfortable. I'll I'll say that. I mean, you walk outside, it's just butt sweat. It's awful. It, like, rained for, like, two days the entire weekend here, so it's actually been decently cool because it was legit, like, a monsoon for an entire weekend. Dude, I worked from home today, Must and be I nice. was hot. I was just sweating in my house. Y'all have the AC cranked and everything. You should get you a window unit like I've got. It's not a window. <laughs> it's not a window unit. It's like a. It sits in the room and it's got a vent that goes out the window. Yeah, it is a game changer. Just pulls all that hot air in, spews oh, it out, brings co- cold air in. It's amazing. That sounds real nice. It's worth every penny I paid for it. Might need to snag one of those. Yeah. Uh, So with Naeem Hines. What are we talking about? (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about Naeem Hines. With him being out for the year, uh, any changes for you on James Cook and how you feel about him? Not really, because I really wasn't projecting much of a role for Hines anyway. I was expecting a little bit on passing downs. I wasn't overly concerned about it because I expected James Cook to be the main passing down I feel like his main use was going to be punt and kick returns as it was to begin with. Yeah, I figured that was going to be his primary use, but I did expect them to kind of put him in on the occasional passing down. Now the threat of that happening is gone, obviously. So James Cook, and because they brought in Damian Harris, who's not a pass catching back, at the very least, James Cook has full control of all the pass catching. Yeah, I feel like that was definitely his role like Cook's role anyway, like he had that on lockdown. But, I mean, I guess you could view it as it's safer now than it was. That's sort of where I'm at with it. It's just a little bit safer. I don't know how much of the actual two-down rushing load he ends up with, but at least he's got full command of the three-down, or the third-down work. You feel a little bit better in PPR leagues. Right. Justin Ross was getting reps with the Chiefs' first-team offense. Yeah, which also like coincided this. with Kadarius Tony tweaking his knee. So. I didn't know about that till right before we started recording. Of course, he's I don't, hurt already. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to tell you with it. I mean, Ben, you picked up Justin Ross in a dynasty league with this news, so yeah, I 
I mean, I'm probably going to drop him once the once the rookie draft <laughs> happens. But it's nice to have him for now. He's going to turn out to be worth absolutely nothing. Well, and I was he like, was, well. he was picking up a ton of steam last offense when people were seeing him out there with Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes said he loved him. And now it's kind of the same thing again. He's healthy. We hope uh, he's with the first team offense. We already knew he had the talent. The reason he was fell that low to begin with was because of injuries. So I I like him on the it's an outside chance, but I mean, heck, take some dart throws when you're trading for Justin Ross. Like get him as a throw in because there's a there is a world where he is on the first team Chiefs offense. Yeah. And again, Kadarius Tony right now is their top receiving threat outside of Travis Kelsey, so I could see a world where he earns himself a fairly decent slice of that passing pie. Yeah, I am starting to believe that Kadarius Tony, and I probably should have believed this sooner, but I think Kadarius Tony is going to be one of the bigger misses of the fantasy season this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in on Tony much at all. I think with him, I'm willing to be the guy that misses on him if he ends up popping off. But I think the the fantasy community views him as a like lock for a thousand yards this no. year. I'm. I just don't see it. I mean, I could see him being like a 750 and five kind of guy, which is really not valuable. That's a wide receiver three. And if you expect him to be a wide receiver three, that's fine. But you've got a lot of people drafting him as like a wide receiver two. And you've got some people calling shots on him as a wide receiver one because of the offense. And I just, I don't see it. It didn't happen with, with Juju this Mm-mm. past year. So I don't, I just don't see it happening with Kadarius Tony. I don't either. I'm I'm willing to miss on that one. If he pops, oh well. I mean, yeah. sometimes you got to be willing to just miss on a guy. And there's and a again, few guys Kadarius like Darius Tony popping too. I feel like it's a miss that's not going to kill me. It's not going to like. It's not like taking. Uh, who was Robert Woods over Cooper Cup back in 2021? Not that kind of miss. Yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, I <laughs> that oof. one that one hurt. That one stings real bad. That would hurt so bad. Yeah, at least with Robert Woods, you could point to three, four years of consistent wide receiver two production. We haven't uh, seen it once from Tony. We've had a couple games where he had like 11 targets and 150 yards. Yeah. And that was with the Giants. Right. That was not even with the Chiefs. He yeah. has he has been a gad- He hasn't even really been a full-time receiver with the Chiefs yet. Yeah. So it's still a little bit of a long shot. But I digress. The Baltimore Ravens signed Melvin Gordon to a one-year, $3 million deal. Even worst, more... Worse news for, <laughs> for J.K. Dobbins. That was like a day before they put him on the pup list, they signed Melvin Gordon. So it was like, okay, this whole J.K. Dobbins thing that gained some steam in the offseason where it was like, okay, he's going to get... He's a talented guy, uh, second-round pick that's going to get a lot of work in this offense. Dude, again, he's probably a guy now that I'm willing to miss on just because it feels like the signs are are there that they're just not going to have and a the Ravens, dominant they, one back. They like those older backs too. Like look at Devonta Freeman and like Gus Edwards and those guys who have had success in this offense that are not J.K. Dobbins. Like we know right. J.K. Dobbins is more talented, but I I don't have a, I don't have a reasoning for it. It's just this is what the Ravens do. What the Patriots do is they keep bringing in running backs and not paying the ones they got. Oh, yeah. 
They worked out years. Leonard Fournette and Darrell Henderson. That would be scarier for Ramadre. Yeah. I think Fournette I think Fournette more than Henderson could be an issue. Yes. There's still also the Dalvin Cook rumors floating around that he could sign with the Patriots as well. He gotta he gotta stop pointing guns at his girlfriend first. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, that whole that whole thing came out that too, didn't it? That he tried it, to pay yeah. her off. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, I would let Dalvin point a gun at me for him to pay me off. I mean, <laughs> I'd take that. <laughs> for a million dollars you'd let him point a gun yeah. at you? Throw Don't you shoot over it, table? you can just point it at me and then pay me a million dollars. Oh, just your luck, he'd accidentally pull the trigger. Oh yeah. He wouldn't even kill be... me either. He'd like he'd like no, hit me he in the wouldn't. clavicle or something and I'm just like suffering for six months with the shoulders <laughs> cast. No, it would be Great. like the kind of thing where the bullet is stuck in the bone for the rest of your life and your And like every time I move forever. I feel it like oh You're like, Oh, but I've got this million dollars. Worth I, it. I don't buy some pants. I don't buy a jet ski. <laughs> um that's yeah, we'll talk about Ramondre a little bit later, but the Patriots are working out veteran running backs, which is just so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. All right. You want to hop into our top 24? Yeah. Here's the main event. The moment I've all been waiting for. We're going to start things off at number one with a completely hot take that you mm-hmm. did not see coming. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm, I'm stunned. We completely are in agreement. He is our number one running back off the board. I think I'm probably a little bit higher on him in relation to some of these high-value wide receivers than you are, but it is, I mean, picking nits. I think he is worth a top-three pick. You would probably also agree he's worth a top-three pick in fantasy this yeah, year. Yeah, I think it would be pick three, personally, but I okay. I think I agree. I'm, I think I, where I'm lower on him than you are is Elijah Mitchell actually does concern me. Not from a fact of, is he better than Christian McCaffrey? No. But there was a significant dip in Christian McCaffrey's production when Elijah Mitchell was on the field. So, and I know Elijah Mitchell is made of is made of cotton. So, <laughs> him on the field is a big if. But when he is on the field, he does make an impact. Yeah, there was a dip. It was like a good six points per game dip. The thing was, it was like a twenty four points per game dip to like a sixteen and a half points per game dip. Um, I don't know. That's like that's like ten points, man. Yeah, well, eight points. Yeah, I can't do math. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is a significant dip. The thing is, I mean, Elijah Mitchell misses like five or six games a year. So for five or six games, you're going to get 25 points a game from Christian McCaffrey and half PPR scoring, which is just, that's not even, PPR. It, it's not even cool. Like that's just, if you see Christian McCaffrey across from you in the lineups, and you know that Elijah Mitchell's out. Like you're just, scared. You're you're like I I don't want to do this. Take this cup. May it pass from me. I don't want to deal with a fully loaded Christian McCaffrey on an amazing 49ers team. Much less if they're I starting Brock Purdy, who's going to actually dump the ball off to him. My goodness. I hope Brock Purdy starts, man. I like Purdy. I wouldn't I'm a mind Purdy it. guy. I wouldn't mind it if if for no other reason than. George Kittle is relevant, and Christian McCaffrey is amazing with Brock Purdy. Yeah. I don't care about Trey Lance anymore. Yeah, Trey Lance that, is— That ship he, has sailed. He's done. He's dead to me. I'm, I'm I know okay he's dead with— to, You were big on Trey Lance a couple years ago. I was. Not anymore. 
No. No, I have insured my quarterback position everywhere I had Trey Lance. I have had Trey Lance in many leagues and either traded him away or just acquired other quarterbacks and let him rot on the bench. I remember our one of our dynasty leagues, the Superflex, you were like so convinced, like once Trey Lance starts, like I'm I'm unbeatable, pretty much. Yeah. And then it just never happened. So then it I was never like, well, started. I guess I'm going to go get Lamar Jackson. That's a, that's a, it's a flex, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just went and traded for Lamar Jackson. No big deal. I did. I, <laughs> I mean, that's, I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to figure out my other elite quarterback here. And Lamar happened to have a dip. So I went and got him, but that's quarterbacks. This is a running back episode. Yeah. Our number two. Running back, this might be a little bit of a hot This take. is I don't a know. consensus ranking. Let's start there. Is it consensus? Yeah, it is consensus. Well, between you and me. Oh, Our yeah. composite. Okay. Our I, composite. I thought this was like a not, general fantasy not, community consensus. Not the fantasy community. The fantasy community as it exists in this podcast, which is two people. Fair enough. Okay, so we have B. John Robinson at number two. Yes, oh! All of y'all hollering at us. I, I get it. It is a little high, but... I'm not apologetic about it. I'm not either. I mean, I think you should no. be ranked here, but yeah, I love, and I, in fact, I was telling you before we hit record that when I'm on the clock, I know Austin Eckler has not appeared at number two. He's coming, but you know, for me, I know Austin Eckler goes at like that 104, 105 in a lot of drafts and that's fine. I don't think it's a terrible pick there, but I'm, I don't want to pick him there. Like I would rather take the receivers or Travis Kelsey and wait, and then when I'm staring down Eckler versus Bijan, I think I would just rather take Bijan because I feel like, for me, Bijan is just more of a sure bet than Austin Eckler is, in my mind. Yeah, and now, let's be clear, you're never going to have that option. No. In any draft. Like, I, I don't know who you're drafting with to where you can take a receiver in the first round and then be staring down Bijan and Eckler later. That's That's not a world that you exist in. But I don't know. Bijan is way more talented, way younger. He's in a great situation. So is Eckler. I mean, his his situation hasn't gotten any worse. I think the offense that he's in is better than it was last year. So I could still see a world where Eckler is the two. I have him ranked in my own personal rankings at two. But I want to put Bijan ahead of him. So you know what? I'm good with our composite list. Having Bijan there. He's going to dominate, I feel like. <laughs> I just, uh, he's going mean, to get a lot of look touches. At historically, running backs who go there, Saquon Barkley was number one his rookie year when he went in the top 10. Ezekiel Elliott was number three his rookie year when he went in the roster. Trent Richardson was a top 10 running back when he went that high in the first time. Like that, guys who get drafted where Bijan got drafted do not miss. Yeah, I mean, running backs, they do not who are, running backs who were taken in the top 12 picks in the NFL draft since 2006, all of them have finished inside the top 12 fantasy running backs of the rookie year. All of them, since 2006. Yeah, that is that is called do not miss at right. all. Which means that both Bijan and Jameer Gibbs are in that group. So, historical precedent, take it for what you will, but... We've got Bijan at two. We are bullish on him. If you don't believe Bijan is worth the number two running back spot, well. I'm sorry. You're going to miss out. Sorry about it. (laughs) 
You're going to miss out on Number three, we've got Saquon Barkley. It's a big asterisk by his name. Yeah, there's an asterisk by a couple of these guys' names, but at this point, we're not assuming that Saquon or Josh Jacobs are going to miss regular season games. Yeah. And, so, gotta uh, have him here. If that's the case, you've got a guy who's going to have a very, very, very large workload on a pretty decent offense with an improved offensive line. Uh, Better pass catchers. Yeah. A second year under Brian Dable with Daniel Jones. I mean, the Just situation is not any worse than it was. If anything, it's better. So, right. Look at what he did last year. Yeah. And he, I mean, he had 1,300 yards last year. He didn't do as much, baby, as a pass catcher as you would have liked. And that's probably just because Daniel Jones was willing to tuck the ball and run on plays where they broke down instead of dumping it off to Saquon. So, you know, I do think that they could scheme more stuff open for Saquon than they did last year. But Saquon is the linchpin to the entire Giants offense, I feel like. He's the most important player they have. So, even with them bringing in Darren Waller, even with them bringing in all these slot receivers that they brought in, Saquon Barkley, when he's there, is the most important player, including Daniel Jones, into their entire offense. So, he's going to get his. I took him at number two when, what was it, 2018 when they did that? Yeah. He better be for, for that draft capital. <laughs> yeah. Number four, for probably the first time that I can remember, we've got Nick Chubb as a top five running back. And I love it. Uh, Nick it, Chubb deserves this. He does. He has been arguably the best NFL, real-life, non-fantasy running back. Oh, yeah, from real life, years. like every everything I ever see with like players ranking running backs, like almost everyone has Chubb at one. He's, in, he's phenomenal. He's incredible. He's but just this never... Year, Fantasy, could it could be there, too. Right. He's just never had the pass-catching work, and now that there's no Kareem Hunt, um, I do think that he will get, you know, 40 catches. If you give Nick Chubb with the, like, 1,500 yards expected rushing, if you give 40 catches on top of that, that is phenomenal. That just sort of ensures his already generally fairly safe value because he's only been doing, like, 20 catches – and like 200 yards receiving over the past few years with Kareem Hunt there, if you double that, which I think is a safe assumption, uh, he's he's going to be really, really good. I mean, he's, we're talking 1,800 yards he could be putting up, total yards. Yeah. At 2,000 yards, if he gets there, that's not crazy. It's not crazy. And, and then 10-plus touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns for Nick Chubb. If the offense improves overall – which I do think it will. Yeah. I mean, this realistically, Deshaun Watson had not played football in two years. Yeah. And then he comes out and, like, I know we weren't, but some people expected him to be the savior of the Browns. Like, this, that's just not realistic given the timeline he's had here. So, yeah. But he's had a whole offseason with these guys. Kareem Hunt is gone. I mean, the sky's the limit for Nick Chubb. Yeah. So we've got him at four. At five, this feels. High, but at the same time, it's a really good player. I'm good with it. But also, I've been higher on this guy for a long time than you have. Yeah, that's true. We got Jonathan Taylor at five. My boy. 
here's well, give us the the argument for why Jonathan Taylor at five, and then I'll give you my hesitation. Why? Same reason as Nick Chubb. He's going to get an absolute beast of a workload. He's in what should be, even if it is, in fact, Anthony Richardson, which I know will be part of your argument as to why not to draft him. I think the offense as a whole should be improved from it was last year because – my gosh, Matt Ryan was abysmal. Yeah. And he's going to have a gigantic workload on a run-first offense behind an elite offensive line. And his passing splits have actually improved every single year. When he was on the field last year, he had a 10% target share, which I don't yeah, think a lot of I, people realize that. No, I don't think they do. He's not an elite pass catcher, and his RB1 season, it was still like the lowest scoring RB1 season in a long time. Because of the pass catching. He can do it, but like projecting him to finish one overall, you know, that's probably fairly optimistic because you've got these guys that catch passes that are just, you know, catching a pass is just worth so much more than a rush in fantasy. Um, And I think where I'm a little bit concerned is I don't project the offense to score a ton. And I also project the offensive passing volume to drop significantly so I mean I think he's going to be a beast as a rusher I mean 1500 yards rushing to me doesn't seem too crazy but like I'm I also could see him only getting 25 catches and so he could have like a Nick Chubb season that we're used to where he ends up being really good in real life but only finishes as like the RB seven or eight in fantasy just because you know he's relying on rushing and touchdowns that's very fair. So. I don't know. I feel that's. It still feels like you know Shane Steichen's there now. <coughs> Sorry, um, you know he had a great rushing attack in Philadelphia. I don't know. It's he's way more talented than Miles Sanders, and Steichen made Miles Sanders look really good. Yeah, we'll see. At six, we've got Austin Eckler. Admittedly, this feels low. It is. There's no feeling. It is. <laughs> it is. It feels. It's a little low. And some of this is just like the tiebreakers. They go to Chubb and Taylor and whatnot. But Eckler, I, I'm the one weighing down Eckler here, and I think I view Eckler as the last two seasons have just appeared too good to be true, and for me to project like a, another one percent outcome, just it feels wrong and you don't want to be the guy that's trying to get too cute with it but in my mind I'm convincing myself that projecting Eckler to do what he's done the past two years feels like I'm trying to be too cute rather than the opposite which is what Ben thinks where I'm trying to get too cute with it by depressing his value in my range. yeah you you just talked about running backs who catch the ball and while you're depressing Taylor well Mike well the, the Eckler should be way up this list then because that's yeah. all he does is catch passes. He scored 20 touchdowns two years in a row. He's and had... the offense is probably going to be better last year than it was with a healthy Williams, a healthy Keenan, and they just added Quentin Johnston. Yeah. And no other running backs to stop Eckler. So, like, it's his backfield. I think where I am with him is I don't – I just don't want to make the bet that he's going to do it again. It feels – bad 
for lack of a better term, to just make that bet. I don't know. Every year I've lost a fantasy championship, it has been to Austin Eckler. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm dropping him down to like seventy catches instead of eighty five or ninety or whatever he's had, um, and then hovering around two hundred carries. And, you know, I dropped his number, his total touchdown numbers down to fifteen instead of twenty. And he ends up at like RB six seven for me. You can tell me that right now. If you tell me that's what he's gonna have, I trade Jonathan Taylor for him in a redraft league right now for Austin Eckler. Yeah, I Yeah. <laughs> I I don't hate it because I I'm probably projecting him at his floor. Not I'm probably. I am projecting him at his floor. That's a that's a pretty good floor. It is a pretty good floor. So, that is a soft, cushy, bouncy floor. <laughs> like you have at a so, trampoline park. Yeah, Eckler ends up at six. But realistically, are, if push comes, to su- push comes to shove, are you taking him or Chubb? I'm taking him. Okay. See, I don't know. It's close, but I'm taking him. I don't know how I feel about that. It it's It's a decision I don't want to make. So I'm kind of just like avoiding there. I just don't think I'll take Eckler anywhere. It's like having the talk with your girlfriend, except this is much more serious. (laughs) I am on the clock, babe. Shut up. Ben, with the relationship advice that just is. Spoiler alert don't do it. Just have a ton of fantasy leaks. (laughs) Your life will be so much better. Except for the four months where you're ridiculously stressed out of the year. Yeah. Instead of yeah. 12 months where you're ridiculously stressed out of the year. Yeah. Back on track. Number seven, we got Tony Pollard. The argument for Pollard is very simple. There is no backfield competition to speak of. He is, is the most efficient per-touch running back in the NFL over the past four seasons. He's in a good offense. Well, we mentioned this last week, too of the departure of Kellen Moore and why you were probably lower on CD than I was. Yeah. So how, I don't know, I guess it kind of cancels out with Kellen Moore gone, so I don't think the offense will be as good, but Zeke's gone, so all his production goes to Pollard. Yeah. For me, it's just that I know Pollard is a good player and he has no competition. He is one of the few unicorn running backs where he... He's not going to be a workhorse because he's never really had a workhorse, a workhorse uh, load. So I don't expect him to all of a sudden, you know, get 350, 400 touches. I still expect him to have more like, you know, 260, 270 touches, which is a lot. But uh, he's he's going to be really, really efficient overall on those touches. And there's just nobody else there. Like you're going to see other names pop up. Like Malik Davis or whoever is the backup, you're going to see that name coming up as somebody that is fringe relevant in fantasy, just because somebody else has to take carries away at some point. Yeah, but I Pollard mean, is the guy. He ranked outside the top twenty-five in touches per game, but still averaged nineteen point three point fantasy points per game. So, I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's some honestly, that's like Austin Eckler numbers. Yeah. He may not touch the ball a ton, but holy crap, is he good with it. Right. 
Number eight, we got Josh Jacobs. Really hope he plays. Really hope. I, I do too. I I am less uh, convinced he's going to play than I am about Saquon. I just feel like Saquon, week one, he's going to play. Josh Jacobs, I'm less convinced that's going to happen. I do think he plays week one, but I'm just not as... I don't know what the word is. I don't feel as safe assuming that with Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm a little... Uh, I'm concerned. <laughs> Jacobs, he, he does worry me, and I... I agree with you. He's he's super young. I did not realize how young he was. He's like he's still twenty four, right? He just turned twenty five. He's younger than Najee Harris. Jeez, like a couple months younger, I think. That's crazy. But it's it's the historical trend for Josh Jacobs that that scares me a little bit because I think only two or three times I don't remember the exact stat it is. It's only been a few times that a running back finishes as the RB1 and then the next season is still an RB1 again. I think yeah. Christian McCaffrey's done it. Austin Eckler's done it. I think those are the only two that I can remember. So yeah, historically, think- he is due for a drop-off. He just had a 300-touch season, which is super difficult to bounce back from in a year where there's a lot of controversy over running backs getting paid. I don't know. It's if he does play, I can't just bet against historical things. I'm like, he's got to something's got to happen for me to drop him down the ranks. But it does. It concerns me. And I think we've both got him ranked. It's sort of like this back end of the top ten, where we do think he's going to be really good. But I think there are a lot of people in the fantasy consensus higher on him than we are. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. So. I would expect regression. Keep in mind, for three years prior to this past season, he was like a back-end RB1, where he was good, but he just never exploded the way he did this past season. It was a contract year. He earned his money. He's not going to get it, but he earned it. Nope, because he's a running back. He ain't going to get paid jack squat. Yeah. It's such a such an appropriate time for us to be doing this list. I know it. <laughs> While all these guys are in the news because they can't get paid. It's yep. unfortunate. They had, a, they had the giant Zoom call organized by Austin Eckler. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. They said, like, Chubb was there, Henry was there, Taylor was there. Like, all these big-name guys showed up for it. What did they do? Just say, like, hey, we should get paid more. And then they were all know. like, yes. And then that was the end of the they call? They were trying to come up with ideas. They said somebody came up with the idea to, for them to exaggerate injuries. Oh, good Lord. And I think they eventually shot it down. Like, that just... And I was sitting there just thinking the same thing. Like, wouldn't that just make the NFL teams not want to pay you even more. Yeah. Like the more you, you're you're already the most injured position in football. If you're available every week, then they're going to pay you. Yeah. But if you're missing games all the time, that's the argument for them not paying you. Yeah. If you're, if your ankle sprain takes you out six games, they're not paying you. No. Speaking of teams that don't play players, uh, Ramondre Stevenson is at nine. He ain't getting a second contract, at least not from the Patriots. Not from the Patriots. He will not. We can You can take that one to the bank. You know, in my own fantasy leagues with my own teams, I just traded Ramondre Stevenson this past week in Dynasty. Because... Yeah, I'm not big on him in Dynasty. You know, I do think he's going to have a good season this year. I mean, we got him I was, at nine, so that's pretty good. 
Yeah, that's pretty solid. But looking at his dynasty value, and obviously this is not redraft, but looking at his dynasty value, I am concerned that right now is the highest his value will ever be. And so I traded him. I think it was like him and Chris Goblin for Chris Olave and James Conner. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I was willing to take the hit at running back to get the more insured value at wide receiver. I'm also very bullish on Chris Scott or Chris Olave. I am also very, very bullish. I'm on bullish Olave. on him in redraft. I I think he's about to explode. I've been doing a lot of mock drafts, and I've been taking Chris Olave at the end of the second round. Yeah, I well, I'm very excited to do that every time. Like I really want an early pick so that I can take Chris Olave at the end of the second or at the top of the third. If I can go like Chase or Jefferson and then get Olave back, Dude, oh, oh, that's what gosh. I did. I there was a mock draft that I put on our Instagram page where I took the 103, and of course, sleeper being the doofus it is, Justin Jefferson fell to me at three, and then I took Olave. I don't feel like that's a that's a doofus thing. Well, I felt I'm, really good about it. Yeah, I mean, somebody <laughs> CMC and Chase, like I, I might be taking Chase over Jefferson anyway, but that's a different argument. Yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, I get Jefferson and Olave, and then I think in like the fourth round, I think I took Tony Pollard after that in the third, and then in the fourth round, I was able to get Calvin Ridley. So it, you start with Jefferson, Olave, Ridley, and you're like, whoa, okay. I feel I'm like set. I got the championship here. Yeah, that's it's amazing. So, anyways, totally aside there. Uh, remind me, we've got Ramondre Stevenson. We feel like he's going to be really good, but I mean, still uh, going to catch passes. He's still a big bowling ball running back. Damian Harris <laughs> is gone, so I I still am concerned they bring in like uh, Leonard Fournette, like we talked about earlier. But yeah, hadn't happened yet. I have a sneaking feeling they're going to bring in some veteran running back. I don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to bring in somebody, and I'm just trying not to be surprised when it happens. Yeah. Number ten. I like this one. You have Jameer Gibbs, so tell me why Jameer Gibbs should be ranked above Brees Hall because Brees Hall's at 11, Gibbs is at 10. I don't agree, but, you know. Uh, these guys, first of all, I didn't argue that hard. You just kind of gave in like a softy, so whatever. <laughs> I just but, let you have one because you let me have one. Yeah. Uh, same argument I made with Bijan. Running backs drafted this high, do not miss. It's If this is a PP or a standard league, or maybe a half PPR. If it's, it's a what league? Standard league. Oh, I thought you were just going to skate over the fact we just said PP. Okay. If this is a PP league, my <laughs> PP is this small. Um, <laughs> I think that, obviously Gibbs is elevated in PPR leagues. And with the draft capital that they spent on him, good offensive line, we've, you know I've been a swift guy. And I'm about to be a Gibbs guy because Gibbs is an upgraded Swift. I've said Swift has RB1 overall potential. Never panned out, but you just get an upgraded one. He looks like Alvin Kamara, plays like him. Alvin Kamara's been the RB1 before. He has. I think also He's probably going to miss a little bit of time. Yeah, he, he probably will. I think you forget, though, that Brees Hall had 31 targets in seven games last year. Gibbs will have 50. <laughs> in seven games? Yeah, in seven games. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's unrealistic, honestly. 50 targets in seven games? What is that per game? That's like eight. Whoa. 
that feels really high, but it does. But you got to think Jameson Williams going to be out too. So it'll be yeah. Amon Ra and Gibbs are the pass catchers. Eh. It could happen, bro. I'm not saying it couldn't, but I don't know if I would bet on it necessarily. Um, I mean, I don't hate Gibbs. I I had him at eleven, so I you hate him. I I do not hate him. I just prefer Brees Hall to him. So, I I really like Gibbs. He goes in the fourth round this year. That to me is one of the best values in fantasy this year. Oh yeah, smash that. I I would be all over a fourth round draft price because. I do think he's going to finish inside the top 12, assuming he doesn't get hurt. And uh, and if Montgomery I mean, ever gets hurt, holy crap. Yeah, if he gets... I, I don't think he's ever going to get like 20 carries in a week. I think the most you'll see him get in a, in a week is probably like 15 carries. Um, but the pass catching is going to sort of, you know, balance that out. We got Brees Hall at 11. It feels bad because I am of the belief that if if he is healthy and I am more bullish on him being healthy than you are, but if he's healthy, I think he's a top five fantasy running back. And I think you're going to see that over the second half of the season for sure. It's just a matter of how quickly is he going to come back to full strength. I don't know. I hope it's soon. I don't hate Brisaw. I just like I know you don't hate him. I know you think he's very, very solid, uh, but I don't know. I, and he still gets drafted in the third round, so it's not like people are necess- – like they're not super scared of him, but he's still – he's in that like in-between where like getting Brees Hall in the third round feels it's, like amazing value, but it's that's, also scary. Yeah, that's, that's I think where – because I agree with you. If I knew that Brees Hall is 100% – Week one, I, I would agree with you. I have him over Gibbs, for sure. But I think that's the that's the iffy part of I'm staring down the two, and I don't I don't know if I have him week one versus yeah. the other guys. Yeah, fair enough. It's it's just a matter of like when can we expect to see like when can I know. feel safe taking the shot of I can afford to miss a few weeks exactly. All right, number 12, rounding out our top 12, is Derrick Henry, which uh, does there need to be a lot said about Derrick Henry? I mean, we know what he is Probably more than it used to be. Some things need to be said about him. I was lower on him until the the DeAndre Hopkins signing. I Mm. think that does boost the offense as a whole, and it's going to open up things where they can't just completely load the box and forget about the receivers. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, they they can't they can't just home in on him, and they do have two good receivers now. The offensive line is improved, but still not great. Um, they're probably going to be a league average offense. As much as it just defies everything that I think about this team, they're going to be a league average offense, and their defense is going to be pretty good. They're probably going to be hovering around the playoff picture. I don't know how, because on paper, their team looks so bad, but they're just going to figure it out. Mike Rabel, dude. That that dude's a great coach. He is is a top three coach in this league. I mean, top five at least, I think. 
I mean, what do you have? You got like McDaniel's I, is in there, Belichick's in there, Andy Shanahan, Reed's in there. I got Shanahan at one personally because the stuff he can do with no quarterbacks, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. I I'm sorry. Reed at one, Reed. Shanahan at two. That yeah, that's a that was a stupid statement, but. Belichick's getting pushed down because they can't win games without a quarterback. Yeah, Belichick, Belichick's slipping, man. And not, I don't know, not necessarily his fault, but he's he's old. You know, Mike Tomlin's in there. John Harbaugh's in I'd there. I take Vrabel over over Tomlin. Really? See, at that point, it take who you want. I don't care, but yeah, Vrabel, he's going to get the most out of that team. They're going to be pretty solid. So yeah, Derrick Henry, probably one more year of fantasy relevance. It defies reality because he's, he's twenty nine years old. It. How many 29-year-olds are, are look like that, though? Just monster of a human being. He is, he is huge. Thank you guys for checking out this episode. Once again, a little bit different this week. We've got running backs 13 through 24 coming later this week for you. So be on the lookout for that, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.